Today's first lesson is from the book of Mark, chapter 8, beginning in verse 27. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the village, villages of Caesarea and Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say, Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of the Lord. And so we continue here in this word from the Gospel of Mark with these important words from Jesus for Peter, for the disciples, and for us. And as we consider that, think about this morning that there's a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing him. There's a difference between knowing about anything, and knowing someone. This continues today. I I was thinking about my father-in-law. He is a well-known mask maker for film and for fans. And many people know about him. They have read the book on him. They've gotten his autograph. They own some of his masks. But many of those fans don't really know him. Many of his fans Uh, would be shocked to learn that this maker of Star Wars masks, uh, uh, when invited to an early uh, advanced screening at the Man's Chinese Theater of Star Wars in 1977, skipped it for a church softball game, right? His commitment to his church and to that community was greater than even what we see in his catalog of merchandise. And so if you know and assume you know Don Post by that catalog, you'd be wrong. There's much more. So knowing someone is so much deeper than just knowing about them. And Jesus, in this conversation with Peter, With the people who he spends 
the most time with takes him to a much deeper level and takes them as he begins to teach plainly. And in that teaching, it wasn't always easy to receive. For Peter moves further along in not just knowing about the Messiah, but really coming to know who the Messiah is and what he has come to do. Now, to be fair, it won't be clear to Peter or the rest of the disciples until after the resurrection. But the invitation to know and to truly follow Jesus for who he is comes to us in Mark chapter 8. And we sometimes stumble to receive this powerful word. We stumble because the word of the cross is hard for us. We stumble because sometimes we have intellectual questions or we wonder about the information that we're receiving. We stumble because of our own individualism and being offended by this idea of the cross. But the inspired word of God leads us to move from knowing about this cross to knowing about this Messiah to knowing him. And so working through his word today and by his grace, through the power, I pray, of the Holy Spirit, let's ask the Lord to lead us to not just know about Jesus, to not just be a fan, but to truly know and pick up our cross and follow him today. Let's consider this first question, this first place of stumbling. Intellect. We ask the question wisely, even Jesus asked it of his disciples, who is he? And the confession of Peter and the teaching of Jesus come to us here. Now, the context here is in verse 10. In verse 10, we'll hear this word that keeps showing up to invite us to pay attention immediately. And Jesus What follows after that, immediately this time, is a request for a sign by the Pharisees. Jesus sighs because hasn't he already been giving so many signs? And then a healing to confirm once again just who he is. And in the context of people seeking to know who he is like the Pharisees, Jesus turns to his disciples and say, Who do people say that I am? And that's where this conversation takes us. For Edward Schweitzer from the University of Zurich points out (coughs) that Peter's bold confession and even later his rebuke is not disputed. Peter has trouble later on with the Apostle Paul And it's not refuted by Paul. James is considered, uh, as Schweitzer will point out, the leader of the church in Acts, and yet it's not disputed by him. Peter has uh, some difficulties, it seems, with the one called the uh, disciple whom Jesus loved. Again, not uh, disputed by him. The early documentation of the Gospels help us see the validity of this confession. And Jesus himself affirms Peter's 
confession. And in other gospels, uh, we see even a more robust affirmation of that confession. But here, we hear more about the rebuke, which also, I think, tells us something of the truth of this confession. Textually, uh, if you were trying to uh, make a story to cover something up, let's say that Jesus was dead and not risen sometime later, you would cover up the inconvenient rebuke of Peter, right? One of the key leaders in the church. But textual critics will tell you when you leave the bad with the good, it uh, reeks of authenticity. And so what we have here is an affirmation of who Jesus is, the Christ, the anointed one. And it's affirmed by even those who sometimes had trouble with Peter. It's affirmed even by keeping in this rebuke that will follow. But the rebuke, as I'll explain in just a moment, comes a little bit later. The rebuke comes when Jesus begins to explain what it means that he is the Christ. And that gets us to this place of questioning information. What does plainly teaching mean? Who is the Son of Man? What does it mean that he will suffer? Three times, one scholar points out, Mark, in Mark, Jesus predicts his passion, his suffering. Here in this chapter, in the chapter 9, as we'll discover next week, and in chapter 10. And three times, the disciples do not understand. As they receive this information, Peter begins to reject. It can't be so. It was hard to receive. Connecting him to the fulfillment with this term, Son of Man, that Jesus uniquely uses here. And back to Ezekiel 34 and following the dry bones that will bring the dead. From the dead comes life. The images of Ezekiel abound when we hear that term, Son of Man. Jesus is explaining what was explained in the Old Testament in Isaiah 53. But yet, this was still beyond their imagination. The Messiah has come to suffer. As Jesus spoke plainly, and that word plainly there could be translated publicly or boldly. Peter says, no way. This can't be so. This can't be so. But Jesus, there near the headwaters of the Jordan River, and this is an image of it, in Caesarea Philippi, there in many ways uh, on the edge of Gentile and into Gentile territory, he stands between Israel and the uh, people of the Gentile nations and ask this question, who do you say I am? And then it goes on to explain what it means after getting the correct answer from Peter. 
And as he asked this question, as they get this information, as they began to wrestle with it, uh, they're standing not far here, probably from this place of worship where pan worshipers would put prayers into that flowing water, where they would uh, sacrifice at altars near this big rock. And when Peter gets it right, and says, you will be the rock in which I will build my church, not this rock where false gods are worshipped, but on the confession of faith. A confession of faith that must include the cross. And so when Peter challenges Jesus on that, he moves from being a disciple to become the teacher. Now he wants to speak plainly, but this time he wants to speak plainly to Jesus. Having been emboldened with probably the words of affirmation of Jesus about getting it right, he takes Jesus aside and says, oh, Jesus, you can't talk like this. Not the cross, not the suffering. I've often been fascinated by this exchange between Jesus and Peter from how quickly it moves from affirmation uh, to rebuke. But one thing I I never noticed until uh, considering this text again and hearing from other uh, scholars and pastors and, and examining it was the movement of law and gospel that takes place here. You see, Peter is uncomfortable, as Dr. Peter Nafsker will point out, with the, has discomfort with suffering that leads, when we have this same discomfort, it leads us to all kinds of unfaithfulness. It leads us to reject the very word that God is giving us to bring redemption. Now we reject it today individually in many different ways. In last week's reading, in chapter 7, we got a list of of sins that separate us from God. And in our culture today, we often reject lists like that instead of hearing them as a means to bring us to repentance and grace. But we as a church gathered here today also need to remember it's even more than that. That to come to the cross is also to realize that we can't be saved by even our own list of good works. The things we do to tell God, see, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Or our own way of thinking like it was for Peter to come to God and say, God, you know, This isn't how it should be. This isn't how my life is supposed to play out. And because of that kind of individualism, many of us have walked away from the faith because we've disagreed with how God has ordered the world. But Jesus still continues to work with his disciples, even when, as Nasker put it, it didn't fit complete, conveniently within their programs. And he keeps working with us when we feel the same. And he calls us like he did with Peter. 
with a word of rebuke. And that word for rebuke, well, I like how uh, Dr. Uh, David Schmidt talked about this inspired word that rebuking does good things in the gospel of Mark. When he rebukes the demons and they're cast out, when he rebukes uh, the illness and people are healed, and when he rebukes Peter now, he doesn't just rebuke him. There's this law and gospel movement that leads him to restoration. This word, get behind me, that we hear, opizo, the word that we translate behind is also interesting, the same word that Jesus used in Mark chapter 1 when he called his disciples to follow him. And in the next verse, in verse uh, 34, it's the same verse that he uses, same word when he uses in that verse to say, pick up your cross to come after him and follow him. The same word that brings rebuke brings redemption. And this is the word that we need to listen to our Lord. The Jesus-shaped path that we're called to walk by God, to be all in on, that we're talking about over these next two years, we need to be clear, is not easy. Following Jesus, to paraphrase Uh, Peter Nafsker, will not be easy and may cost you your life. It is this Jesus-shaped path is a cross-shaped path. But this word moves us from rebuke to redemption. And so today, dear friends, on this Jesus-shaped path, on this cross-shaped path that he calls us to bear and then share this good news with all the world, telling us it might not be easy and it might not get easier, lets us know that we can move from just knowing about Jesus to truly knowing him. Jesus didn't allow the true confession of Peter to go without affirming it, nor did he allow the false teaching of Peter to go without being rebuked because he wanted to bring about redemption. And he does that for you, and he does that for me, and he does that for the world around us. Let us move from knowing about Jesus to knowing him as Jesus makes us disciples by the way of the cross. And we remember that. We come to that table today. We remember the same word that rebukes, redeems. Let us come to know this Savior and share him with the world around us. Amen.